0: Welcome to Life Concierge Podcast. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, yet grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all having a great day. As I'm recording this intro, I'm actually sitting in my apartment looking out the window at the first snow of the season. I hope wherever you are that you get the chance today to enjoy the view out your window as well. I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Eamon Ali. We've been following each other on Instagram for a bit, but we finally got to meet this weekend at an event she hosted in partnership with Fashion Talks, which we'll hear about more in the episode, and with other local businesses and Cleveland area influencers. I have to give a shout out to all of the amazing ladies I met at this luncheon who were so encouraging, so kind, and honestly, the event was just exactly what I needed to feel a creative boost and to feel confident in the direction of the podcast. So if you don't already, be sure to follow Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram so you can see all the pictures from the event and the influencers I met. And now to our guest. Now based in Cleveland, Eamon is a fashion entrepreneur as well as an experienced fashion runway show producer, stylist, and creative director from Toronto, Canada. With seven plus years of experience in Canadian fashion industry, she has done events in Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and Vancouver. After her move to Cleveland, she started exploring the creative industry in her new city in search for the fashion she loved and that she was used to. She soon realized there was something missing. There were so many amazing creatives and some amazing work, but no outlet when it came to elevated fashion. So she made it her goal to bring elevated and diverse events to Cleveland, events you don't have to think twice about before attending, events based on quality, high fashion, and community. I know you're going to love what she has to say, so let's get started. Well, I am really excited to talk to you today because I love following you on Instagram. I'm glad that we met via Instagram. That's been really fun to follow you. Um, And one of the things that I love most about you and your Instagram is definitely your self-expression through fashion and your open love for fashion. So I want to start with Sort of a general question. Um, but I feel like I get really excited when I get to actually talk to someone who is just as passionate, just as knowledgeable, probably way more knowledgeable about fashion than I am. Um, so I just have to start by asking, where does your love and your passion for, I hate the, the expression passion for fashion. I hate that. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not very chic, but where does your love for fashion stem from? Well, one, thank you so much
1: for the kind words. And I'm really excited for this as well. Uh, I think I just accidentally kind of stumbled upon the fashion industry when I was younger. And then all of a sudden, I just, it was just so new to me. And I was like, oh my God, I already love like mixing and matching clothes and accessorizing. And I'm already the person my friends go to. And now I can you know, back then volunteer for a fashion show or help out for some fashion showcase. That's so cool. And then it was just so cool to see like, you know, the models and the designers and the behind the scene. I think a lot of people don't realize how much work and how much more is involved behind the scene of a fashion production or a photo shoot or an editorial and how creative it can be. And I think I'm a very, very creative person. And seeing that, I was like, oh my God, um, you're doing amazing things and I want to do amazing things like that and that just kind of inspires me like when I talk to people who are passionate about what they're doing um and just creative ideas I just get more inspired and I'm like okay we're gonna do this um so really I think it comes from the people around me and just
0: you know contrast Instagram (laughs) fashion houses when they do
1: their runways (laughs)
0: Definitely. How old were you when you think you started to really see that love for fashion? Ooh, okay. This was a
1: long time ago. Um, so this is when I started university, which probably was like well over seven years ago. So maybe early twenties, mid, not even mid, probably early twenties, because I remember like um, I started my psychology program and I met a friend who also loved fashion. And then we started volunteering and we just kind of were like, this is great. Let's just keep doing it.
0: That's awesome. I, I just think it's so much fun. And anyone who hasn't been involved in the fashion industry in some spa- aspect, um, I think if, if they have the opportunity to be around like a fashion show, like you're saying, or to go into a fashion house, um, it's just an incredible Incredible experience. And I know for me, I was thinking about this question as well, um, because I don't necessarily come from a place of fashion, you know, from a small rural town, uh, but definitely have always had really big love for fashion and really big dreams around fashion. And I think for me, well, first of all, my first word was shoe which no way. I, it was, I think. <laughs> I'm so grateful for younger me. If I could go back and thank me, I would, I would thank me because I love, I love that that was my first word so much. Um, but I think too, for me growing up in a rural town and I was an only child and I didn't have a lot of older kids, especially older girls around me. And I always loved magazines. And so I loved looking through magazines and seeing all the pictures of the fashion and And definitely, you know, knew the words Dolce & Gabbana long before many of my peers in Worcester, Ohio. So it's always fun to to sort of hear where that passion comes from. Yeah, I love that. That's
1: that's so funny. Um, I have no idea what my first words were. I'm going to like message my mom later and be like, what did I say? Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, when you're younger and you already kind of... You may not realize it, but, you know, when you look back on it, I'm like, wow, like I always used to dress up and always be the most extra person, which, again, yay for younger me. I totally accept it now, but it just kind of works out when you look back at it.
0: It is. It's, it's really funny how those, those little things from your childhood, um, those moments can really make a big difference for the rest of your life. So going back kind of on the same page, but before we get even deeper into what you're up to now that I'm really excited to talk about, um, tell us a little bit about who you are. What's your background? Um, I want to know a little bit about how you got to where you are today.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you the short version of the long story um so I am Canadian um I've lived in Canada my whole life I was not born there but I've been there since I was three um and I studied there I grew up there I started you know going I did I was a psychology major and I always loved fashion like I always loved dressing up you know magazines shows like just being in that Um, and then I was like, I'm going to be a psych major. I work with children with developmental disabilities. That's going to be what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then I happened to stumble upon the fashion industry when I was in my first year of university. Um, And honestly, at that point, the Toronto fashion industry has always been big, like Mercedes-Benz was doing Toronto Fashion Week back then. Um, But it wasn't as big as it is now. And me and a friend were just like, hey, like we heard about a really big show happening. We're like, let's email them or message them and see if they want, some volunteers, and I was like, "Yeah, sounds fun." So we just—I think I Facebooked them to be honest. It was like a a message, and I was like, "Do you guys need help backstage?" And they're like, "Yes," and I showed up, um, and that kind of kept repeating. But what ended up happening is people started remembering me because I look a certain way. Um, I'm—I was a little bit more memorable, and I never took it seriously. It was just really fun, and I just when you're doing developmental psych, it can be heavy. Um, so that was a very nice creative release for me. And people started being like, Hey, man, um, do you know models that I can use? Or do you know this designer? Or, Hey, can you come and be part of my volunteer team? I was like, sure. And I just kind of continued. And then in second year I joined like the fashion association at my university and it all snowballed from there. <laughs> I, I, I ended up joining as a general like social media coordinator, I think, or something, and I ended up being the president of the Fashion Association at my university, and I got an opportunity to work with a new Fashion Week that was starting in Toronto, and I was, within the next like two to three years, already in the position of you know, interviewing the interns that were coming out of fashion school, with, that, with still the psychology mindset. Um, and then I realized I loved styling and I loved like the production aspect. So, um, you know, I just continued. We grew in Toronto and Montreal in Vancouver. Eventually it was wild. Um, and I kept studying psych and then I went and did my specialization. And when I did that, I was like, you know what? I really want to get into styling. So I actually did a short course and I'm a certified editorial stylist and I've been published in British Vogue um, and a lot of other magazines around the world. And for me at that point, it was still just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, We're just kind of crazy when I think about it now. And that's when Instagram was new. And I started Instagram and it started growing as an influencer. And I, again, never thought anything of it. I got my dream job offer at the hospital with the children that I wanted to work. And then I moved to Cleveland. Um, so it was crazy because I was at like the top of my career, I guess, in terms of psych and fashion. I was starting my own PR business. I was already a stylist. I was being published. I was being invited as an influencer to stuff. I was working with friends. It was going well. Um, and then I decided to get married and my husband lives in Cleveland, which is why I moved here. And I came to Cleveland. Now it's been three years in Cleveland for me.
0: That is so cool. I um, had, I wondered what brought you to Cleveland.
1: <laughs> yeah, A lot of people ask me that. Yeah. So I moved to Cleveland and I kind of was just looking for the same community or the same kind of level of production that I was seeing in Toronto and other cities and um, I saw parts of it but I didn't see someone doing it but I met like the designers and the photographers and just people like you that are just so passionate about fashion Um, and then I just didn't see an actual production happening or like a fashion week in Cleveland. I was like okay maybe it's not a thing here and I just focused on you know getting a psych job again and I did that and I hated it and I quit and then COVID happened and here we are because I because of that it pushed me to do the show and I did a a huge show with fashion talks and, um, I can't believe it happened. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that is, that is awesome. And I love your story too, about just shooting a message off on Facebook and you never know what's going to happen. That's what I always tell anyone, especially, I guess, anyone younger than me, who's trying to figure out what they want to do, or even people who are just looking to you know, make a change in their lives no matter what age they are. I always tell my story of um, when I was in college, I interned at Versace in New York. And I, you know, I was just this little girl from Ohio studying at Ohio University and sent my resume off to Versace and never thought I would ever hear anything back from them ever. And I did. And then I got it. So I love that um, you're, you have that bold ability to just put yourself out there and ask and, and follow what you're interested in. I think if, if a lot of people had the courage to do that, um, I think people would be happier. So thank you for I setting the example.
1: Totally agree. And I, it's funny. I always say that as well, like to everybody I connect with, especially the younger ones. I'm like, listen, just network. I'm like, go and volunteer, go and intern somewhere because to be honest, you don't know who you're going to meet and who they're going to be connected with. I literally randomly stumbled upon someone I went to high school with who said hey join the club I joined the club became the president and one of the previous presidents was like hey I met this random lady she's gonna message you about a fashion week I I was not studying fashion I was not in the industry I literally learned and worked my way up and even if you meet someone that you think oh there's no connection here hey they might remember you when they meet someone else and connect you like I've had so much of that and I think People don't understand that you need to keep putting yourself out there because even if people say no, at least you're on their radar. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, and you're going to move on. But what if they say yes?
0: Absolutely. That's a hundred percent how I am. And I feel like so many people are afraid of the no. No. They're so afraid of it, but you just have to know it's not that personal. it's not personal. A lot of times a no is not even like a, a final no. It's a not right now kind of mm-hmm. thing. And also for every no that you get, there's going to be a yes somewhere. And, you know, I, I feel like we're all on this path of everything happens for a reason and everyone keeps, you know, chirping that in my ear these days, but I think, I think just not being afraid of the no, because when that yes comes, it is life-changing. And it might be so much better than the yes that was from that no. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we get to March of 2020 and you've quit your job. You decide you want to focus on fashion talks. Is that the timeline, right?
1: Yeah. So Okay. At, when I first came to Cleveland, I started another business. It was called co- um, okay. well, still have it. It's Nomia Studio. I started an online boutique because I'm like, I have nothing to do here. I have no friends. I have no social life. How am I going to get to know other people? I couldn't even work because I didn't have a green card at that point. I started Nomia Studio and that's how I connected with people. And then I applied. I didn't know about Cleveland Clinic. Because gotcha. the Canadian me didn't know much about America or Cleveland. I was just happy in my bubble. And then when I came here, I'm like, oh Cleveland Clinic. I didn't know it was a big deal. So like you said, I just applied literally after the longest time. They're like, okay, you got the job. I was like, oh, okay. Um, which was kind of crazy. Um, but you know, at that time I was already thinking of doing an event with Nomi's studio. I was like, okay, maybe I could do a networking event or something fashion. Like I always knew I wanted to do fashion. And then when I quit and COVID happened, um, obviously no events could happen, but that's, right before COVID was when I was being serious and kind of planning like a women's networking event. um, And then obviously lockdown. Um, So I pivoted and I started an accounting and bookkeeping business for women in business instead. And I focused a bit on that, but in the back of my mind, I was always like, okay, fashion event, networking event. And then Cleveland was doing so much better way before the rest of the, the States. And I was like, you know what? Like to myself, I'm like, Amen, if we're going to do this, let's just go big because I've already done it. I just need to recreate it here. Um, And I was like, okay, I have four and a half months. I'm going to do a 300 people seated fashion production. And I started planning literally the second week of February. I think the first week I confirmed my venue second week, I was like, I'm going to have a team together. And we started, um, I did like a mini vision board event to test out in January. And I think that event really helped me just be like, let's just go for this.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so when you're building your team to help make this vision come to life, how did you find your people in Cleveland that were your, you know, Cleveland fashion people? Because I, you know, I'd never want to poo-poo on Ohio. Ohio is my, you know, my home state and where I currently live. I love Ohio. There are some very fashionable people, but it's probably not what we're known for. (laughs) So how did you go about finding those, those people Um, to bring onto your team?
1: So the crazy thing was when I had first moved to Cleveland and started just networking with people and meeting people. When I sat down to think about my fashion talks team for that specific production, I already knew them. I was like, oh my God, like I met this person who was an absolutely amazing makeup artist, for example. I knew her already and she had already traveled to Vancouver with me and done a show with me and I knew she was professional. Her name is Jessica. She's absolutely amazing. And I was like, I could ask Jess. She would, and she was totally down. And so I was like, wait, I, like when I made the list, I was like, oh, I already know like people who are kind of perfect for this. So I like started with people that I already knew and trusted. Um, and then I asked them for recommendations like, hey, do you know anyone that would fit or be interested in something like this? And the thing that was a little hard is not, the majority of my team did not have fashion experience other than maybe two people out of eight of us, maybe um, not including me, make with me like three, because there's not that opportunity in Cleveland. So, for me to bring this idea to them, which was really big, um, pre- like convince them of my dream that I was hoping would benefit everybody and that I'm gonna do this. We're gonna have 300 people seated at a fashion production in Cleveland. Um, like you said, like the fashion scene here is not what you guys are known for, not what Cleveland is known for. So, when I would say, like, I'm doing a fashion show, automatically a lot of people are like, okay, where are you getting the clothes? And I was like, no, we're doing the production. I'm getting the venue, the sponsors, the VIPs, the influencers, the hair and makeup, the team. And we're gonna have an application for the designers to apply and they're gonna create a collection to be on the runway. Um, and my team believed in me and saw it, saw my vision. And I'm like beyond grateful for that. Like, um, And it just worked out with the people I knew. And then the positions that I didn't have anyone for, I just kind of left it. I was like, you know what? If I come across anyone organically, That's fine because the people I was interviewing, per se, the energy was not matching. And and for me, it's really important that this team worked well together because I took seven to eight random people who all knew me but didn't know each other. And in three and a half months, we did this huge production. So we had to get along.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: (laughs) Which was amazing because it literally felt like we all knew each other already.
0: That's such an incredible feeling when that like synergy all comes together.
1: Yeah, I, I, it was crazy. I loved it. And, you know, we had such unique personalities and different, like a very diverse team. Like Jess is an amazing hair and makeup artist, but she's an engineer. Um, You know, uh, my other friend is like literally a marketing professional from South Korea. And she's like the most fashionable person you'll meet it's like crazy how Cleveland had all these people. Yeah. Well, another one of my friends introduced me to a videographer who did like these absolutely stunning documentaries. And he was like, Oh, we could make a documentary on the process. And I was like, what, this is amazing. Um, And, you know, we had our decor um, team member, Deanna, she had just started her decor business, but it was like exactly in line with my aesthetics. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how did I randomly come up on you? You know, it's just, it just worked out.
0: That's amazing. And it's so fun too when you can ask people to kind of support your dreams. So like this bigger fashion talks, like maybe that's your dream, but ultimately you're really, you know, by teaming up with these people, you're also helping these people achieve their goals too. So yeah. I always love when things come together like that. That's so ideal. I'm, I'm so big on, I
1: love connecting people. And it brings me so much joy. And I just love seeing people like benefit off of something that I like had a vision of, like, you know, I was like, I want fashion talks to be somewhere where people can connect with people. And we have this fashion community and you're able to, you know, do collaborations or paid work or find someone else that you've been missing in your business. And like, after the show, I heard like, people came to me and told me like, Hey, I connected with this person and hired them because I met them through you. And I was just like, I, Absolutely. That's all I want to hear. And it doesn't even matter if it doesn't benefit me. I'm just so glad it worked out for you, you know?
0: Yeah. That's so cool. My next question was going to be what it was like the ultimate goal of fashion talks. And it sounds like the connectivity was obviously a big piece of it. So tell us a little bit more about kind of like the big picture. Cause I know you want this to be more than just, you know, a one-time event kind of thing. Yeah. Um, tell us, though, tell us a little bit more about the big kickoff big fashion show event. Um, And then we can talk a little bit more too about, you know, like what's next and what's, what's the big picture goal for fashion talks.
1: So for fashion talks in general, our goal is to provide high quality fashion events with diversity and inclusion, because I, when I moved to Cleveland, I sometimes had this problem where I wanted to go to certain events, but I also knew I looked a certain way. And I was like, I'm not this, this. I'm this person. I am one of the most confident people I know. And I know I am. I'm ready. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. If I want something, I'm going to get it done. I have full confidence in myself. Um, And it took me a, a lot of work to get to here to, to be able to say like, yes, I'm confident. And I know like a lot of people say like, you should be more humble as women and we're, you know, we're supposed to, I'm like, no, you can be super confident and you can be a down to earth chill person. So I was just like, okay, I know who I am, but now I'm doubting if I can go to these events because they might not talk to me or accept me because of the way I look. And they're going to make a judgment based on what I look like before I open my mouth. And then when I do open my mouth, it's going to be like, wow, your English is so good. Um, Which I've never struggled with in Toronto um, because it was, very diverse, which I never realized when you're living in something, you don't realize until you leave where Cleveland is this nice mix between a big city and a small, it's not big and it's not small. It's like a great medium, I guess. Um, so when I had that experience and then met other people who had that experience, I was like, I'm going to do an event and I don't want anyone to ever feel like, should I go? Can I go? Um, so that's why fashion talks, the main purpose was High quality, obviously, but also diversity and inclusion. We wanted diverse models, um, you know, different heights plus size, different, you know, whatever they identify as. Like, I just wanted it to be inclusive. Um, And so I was like, we're going to do this show. So basically, we are a production company. A lot of people think we are the fashion designer, but we're not. So, you know, we put together The Runway which was the easiest way to portray it to an audience that wasn't used to a production maybe. Um, and basically it was a multifaceted show. So we had a whole process. So we did auditions for the models. We had applications for hair and makeup, for volunteers, for designers, everybody applied. We selected people. I went and I you know, toured venues. We got a venue I put together like, okay, this is the decor. We're going to find someone to do the decor. Um, We invited influencers. We reached out to sponsors and we had some sponsors on board that we didn't even, I couldn't, I didn't even think these people would be interested. Like we reached out to the KDP company, which is Dr. Pepper and Keurig here in Cleveland. They sponsored all the drinks. I was blown away. We had a hotel sponsor. We had a skincare sponsor from South Korea, like the other side of the world. They sent us boxes of these amazing skincare things. And I was like, is this happening? Um, it was wild. Um, and so basically the show's focus was to promote local designers and connect them with the community. So we had the runway portion where we showed new designers, designers that were already kind of established in in Cleveland and then boutiques. We showed a boutique that, you know, maybe you can't afford a custom designer piece, but you can always go to a boutique and shop there because I want people to know that fashion is not only like Gucci and you know it doesn't have to be high brands you could literally dress up something that you found at a local boutique and it could look absolutely amazing so we had two boutiques and then we also had a a wedding um, boutique on board um, Lux Redux because they have stunning gowns Um, so that was like the fashion designer portion. Then we had a ballet performance with um, Sienna. Um, she's a singer and songwriter in Cleveland. She performed and the is actually choreographed to her song, um, which is absolutely amazing. And then we had one of my favorite parts, which was the ladies of influence segment. So I wanted to do something a little different and I love supporting women. So what we call the ladies of influence, we selected four amazing women from Cleveland that were doing like just amazing things in different industries. And we asked them to walk the runway as themselves just to say, thank you. So we had like Jasmine Santana. She's actually on Cleveland city council. She's the first Latina on the city council. So, you know, that's someone who's strong. Um, We had um her name is Mary Fletcher she is the uh, founder of Dancing Wheels it's a dancing company for people with disability and in wheelchairs um so like people like her it was absolutely like you know these women that I didn't even know were here um I got a chance to talk to she wasn't on the runway because she was afraid she she wouldn't be the best model but she was an absolute amazing support. I got to talk with um, Justice Melody. She was actually the first Black justice, justice elected in Ohio Supreme Court. And it's just like, their energy is so amazing. So we had that as the ending. And then after that, I wanted people to have an actual community experience. Like I didn't want them to just get up and go home. So we actually brought out all the designers on the side of the venue and people can go and talk to them, see their models, shop from them. We had other local vendors. Um, There was like a VIP room for our VIP guests. Um, You know, you could connect with the influencers that were there, the sponsors that were there and really just have like this amazing time in the same creative space. Um, That's what the runway was and we had over 10 designers, one international included, uh, over 45 plus models, uh, 300 people seated. It was crazy.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You're making me wish I was there so badly now. <laughs> next year. I was going to say I'm definitely going to be there next year for sure, for sure. So what are some of the upcoming events that you have um on the calendar now that hopefully things are trending well with COVID. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and knock on wood. Um but what are some of the upcoming events that you have? So
1: um it's been a little bit of a a struggle cuz I'm um I see a lot of events around me that are con- doing consistent events but that's never been me, I'd rather do like the most amazing thing and put all of my effort into it rather than something every month and mm-hmm. you know maybe doesn't stand up to par for me. But we do have some great events coming up, so we will be having a clothing swap. Um, it's kind of like a year end refresh of your closet, it's going to be in December, hopefully, once the date is being set right now. Um, and it's going to give people a chance to bring clothes that you know maybe they need donated or they don't wear or doesn't fit them anymore and be able to pick out other pieces so that's going to happen before the new year so that you go into the new year with like a little bit of a fresh wardrobe Um, and then in January we're planning our vision board event again and it's going to be at Studio Pop Shell and the date again is um, to be announced soon but it will be happening in January it's going to again be absolutely amazing we're gonna have a motivational speaker and then we really like talk about your goals and like the different sectors of your life and then then you write down what's achievable and then you put it on your vision board so it's much more structured um, than just cutting and pasting and putting it on a board because we want to hold you accountable to it um and then i'm planning for another runway a big runway bigger than this year hopefully Um, And I'm hoping it will be in June or July. Um, I'm hoping to go into the new year with a confirmed date, which is why I'm looking at venues right now and, you know, doing all of the important decisions uh, and hence my crazy schedule. Um, But in that time frame, we should hopefully be having another large scale runway production.
0: That is awesome. I'm so excited and I will be watching your Instagram stalking you to find out the date of that big runway event too cuz I have got to make it there this year cuz it just sounds incredible.
1: Yeah. Hundred percent. We're going to I don't know how we're going to outdo this year, but we're going to try our best. <laughs> I
0: it sounds like you are already on a great trajectory. So I'm just excited to see where it goes from here and I just want to rewind for a second too and talk a little bit about um, the diversity and inclusion being so important to you in fashion and and say thank you in a sense because I think what scares people from fashion and what maybe um, people misconceive a lot about fashion is that um, you know they don't feel welcomed and that could be because of their race their gender identity their sexuality um, their socioeconomic status or maybe they're differently abled. And I think right now so many people are breaking those barriers in the fashion industry. And that's that's not always easy because with nepotism, honestly, in the fashion industry, I think um breaking down those barriers I cannot imagine is easy. So thank you for for doing that and making fashion more accessible for everyone and i just love what you said too that you never want someone to feel like they can't come and be part of your fashion show that is just i i love that it gave me the chills when you said yeah. that because i think all kinds all kinds of people question you know whether they have a place in fashion or not and that's probably why people are afraid to be part of it but maybe there's someone out there listening who is Feeling that way and hopefully hearing you say that they will feel welcome to be part of fashion and maybe find a new element of their personality and a new a new joy for their life.
1: I say it all the time. You know, I say fashion is not necessarily the brand, it's about you and how you carry yourself and your style. I have pieces in my closet from six years ago. If I wore them today, they would still look like, hey, I just bought it because it's the way I carry myself. It's my style. And also like, I tell this to people a lot. I'm like, there is so many amazing things you could buy that are not expensive. Like thrifting is gold. I thrift all the time. And it's funny because I think because of my job and who I am, people expect that, okay, everything I wear is like super expensive. So I'll have like, sometimes people ask like, Oh my God, like I can't dress like that. And I'll be like, I thrifted this for like $5 and they'll be like, "What?" And I'm like, you just, you just have to like, get this idea out of your head. It doesn't have to be a set. Unfortunately, I know the fashion culture on the larger scale puts us in like fashion is this certain look, but I think, you know, at this point we're way beyond that. They're going to have to change. They are changing and people just need to kind of accept that and be like, you can dress in whatever you want. Just be confident and show up.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. I think too, that's obviously a big misconception about, um, you know, maybe people who are interested in fashion. And like you said earlier too, you have, um, friends who were part of fashion talks that are maybe engineers full-time, but also interested in fashion. And that's something I feel like I deal with all the time is that, um, people think that because I'm so interested in fashion. And I think that that presence is kind of what I lead with. And I guess as, as human beings too, you, you can't help, but I guess kind of go off what you see first in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think people, people tend to put someone who maybe, maybe looks like they're clearly interested in fashion, put them in a box of, you know, that that's all they care about, that they're materialistic. Um, and it, what you said just completely spoke to that to me as well, because it's, it's not about the label. It's not about the money, it's 100% about finding a piece that you love that makes you feel great too. Um, and that is an expression of you. And I also always think too, and, and this goes for you know fast fashion, for uh, inexpensive fashion, as well as the highest end designer fashion, that fashion is always, in a sense, a reflection of society. And so I think it's always, it's really interesting how, I mean, history is reflected through fashion. And I think a lot of people don't even necessarily realize that. And maybe if they did, they, they would, you know, be more interested in fashion, but what are some of the other misconceptions that you feel like maybe people have about you or people in fashion in general that you just want to like totally break that mold?
1: (laughs) This is like my favorite topic. (laughs) I love talking about stuff like this, honestly. Um, I think another big thing I always talk about is, like you said, when they see that we're interested in fashion and dress a certain way, I'm always dressed up. I never dress down and that's literally who I am. And I think I've accepted it fully because there were people who are like, you know, why are you dressed up or why are you wearing this for a meeting? And I'm like, why can't I? If my male counterpart can wear his Rolex, why can't I bring my Prada bag? right? Why can't I come in heels to a meeting? Are you guys not in suits? You know, it just, Mm -hmm. I think if people look at it, not so materialistically, they'll see it's just a way of self-expression. But also when people see you as a young female who's dressed up, they automatically think you're materialistic. And then they find out, oh, I'm a psychology major and I worked at Cleveland Clinic. And then that changes their point of view. But why does that then change their point of view? You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Like that shouldn't change their point of view, you know. Just like other women, we're multifaceted and we're doing amazing things. And this is definitely a, a huge topic. Like, I feel like don't ever feel like you have to dress down or you have to act a certain way to be in a certain group you should just be who you are and if they're not accepting you that's not the group you're looking for you're going to find the people who are accepting your energy and i already learned about that especially like when i go to like meetings with sponsors and especially if they are men why should i hide my labels or dress down or even if I'm not wearing a label why should I you know what I mean why should I change me when that's what I'm about that's what my business is about it's about me and my vision for fashion you know and then when you show up with the numbers and the presentation and you start talking then they're like okay this person knows what they're talking about but that initial judgment I really wish that like you said people would realize it's so much more than that um that and then also like All these amazing women in Cleveland, especially I found that are in business um, that are doing amazing. And I'm just like, wow, you need to like talk more about you and your brand. And this concept of women talking about money. um, I've had this chat with a couple of friends. Like, you know, we're never, we've never been really taught to be comfortable with money or to speak about money. Especially when I started my accounting and bookkeeping business for women a lot of them were like, I'm just scared to look at the numbers. I just want someone to do with it. When I went to a male accountant, I felt like I had no idea what he was saying. And I'm like, I explained it to them and they're like, that's it. And I'm like, that's it. It's just like society has made us think that we can't handle our money. We have to go to a guy. We shouldn't talk about our monetary achievements um, because it doesn't make us humble anymore, but it's, it's not even connected at all. You know? And I, I wish we had more conversations around this and I do want to do like events, like maybe um, networking events where we have a panel or a conference and we talk about topics like this so that other women know that, Hey, this is totally fine. I could probably learn my own bookkeeping and be confident in my numbers and be confident in myself and, and show up because to be honest, realistically are the men in business doing what we're doing and putting themselves down? They're not.
0: No, I totally, I totally agree with everything you just said. <laughs>
1: like, I could go on, but I don't, I I'm to like. but yeah, I think like those, those would be the top two, like, um, you know, seeing women dress a certain way and then seeing someone who's confident, I think can intimidate a lot of just people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had that for sure. I know people have told me like, when I first met you, I thought you were intimidating because you looked so put together and you knew what you wanted. And I'm like, but why does that intimidate you?
0: Yeah, there's room for all of us to be yeah, our I, best.
1: I, I literally say this. all. I say the table can always add chairs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It can grow. It's yeah. not a one seat table. And I think, unfortunately, that's the mindset that like corporate has kind of put into our heads that there's only always seat for one female, just like the diversity quota, right? You have your one diverse person, but I'm like, no, when you're doing business and the way the world is going, there are multiple seats. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. And what you said earlier too, about showing up as yourself, I think for me, I've definitely, um, gone, gone through that in my (laughs) mind, especially with my fashion, uh, especially when I moved from Atlanta to Columbus and in Atlanta, you dress to impress for sure all the time. Uh, And in Columbus, the style is much more casual. It is a style though. Um, And the
1: Midwest in general is more
0: casual, much more casual. And I definitely found myself trying to play it down to try to fit in, never want to overwhelm anyone. I've gotten definitely comments always about how I am overdressed, how I'm extra. If, if we could drop, I
1: get that word all the time.
0: If we could drop, honestly, if I could drop like one word from the dictionary, it would be extra because I never want to hear that ever again.
1: (laughs) Or I want to, I want to drop the phrase. It's not a fashion show.
0: Maybe it is. Maybe (laughs) it is. Life is a fashion show, right?
1: Um, That was something I got a lot because like, just like you, I moved from Toronto big city, like New York, you know, to Cleveland. And now I was way overdressed extra, but I was like, that's just who I am. And I still get stares, which is fine. I'm like, I'm in a blazer and heels. Like it's nothing special. I just don't look as casual as you, but
0: yeah, why not? (laughs) I enjoy it. I feel very happy when I dress up. Exactly. And I, one thing that I always try to keep in my mind, well, two things that I always keep in my mind One is that when you show up as yourself, you show up for yourself. I 100% believe that when you feel most confident about yourself, that you do the best job at whatever you're trying to achieve, whether that means you're wearing sweatpants, that is totally fine if that is your vibe. Um, Or if you're dressed to the nines and if that's gonna get the job done for you, then I think that you should totally do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I always have in the back of my mind, Like literally every day before I get dressed, I I don't know if you're a sex in the city fan at all, but Mm -hmm. I always keep Carrie Bradshaw in the back of my mind because Carrie Bradshaw as a character never cared what anybody else thought of what she had to wear. She had fun with her fashion, didn't dress to impress men, especially, I think that's always a misconception too, of maybe women who are dressing up, um, didn't just, didn't dress for anyone, but herself and to make herself happy. And I think that's what it's ultimately really all about. So thank you for sharing the, the misconceptions with us. And I'm glad that I, we could kind of commiserate on that a little bit.
1: It's funny (laughs) because, um, when I did my psych undergrad on fashion, like the topic, and there are studies that show that depending on what you wear really changes your mindset and your confidence level and they've done studies where like it's not even like fashion fashion related but like for example they students did a math test um in normal clothes and then they were given like a white just a white coat a lab coat they weren't told what it was they all did better on that test because they thought they were smarter because they thought it was like an actual like you know like they just felt better that's what i say i'm like you know if you're not showing up for yourself and dressing to your confidence level, then you're losing a lot of opportunity.
0: Last question. So on every episode, I ask what your life concierge tip would be. So life concierge is all about helping people live their best life and find their purpose and whether that's short term or long term. So, um, it can be anything, From a favorite beauty product, like favorite lipstick that you're wearing, uh, advice that you've received recently, anything like that, that you want to share that might help make the lives of our listeners just that much better?
1: Um, I think it would be more like just learn to be confident in yourself and wear whatever you're wearing with confidence, because at the end of the day, you only answer to yourself. Don't let other people's opinion affect you because they're not living your life also acne stickers go a long way. Yes.
0: Yes. I am loving the acne patches for sure. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we actually got to talk. Finally, we've been chasing each other on Instagram for a while and I just, yes, I appreciate everything that not only everything you have to say, but everything you're also doing in the community and Cleveland and the state. And, you know, these days, everything on social media and podcasts goes far beyond any kind of borders. So hopefully listeners everywhere can take something away from all of the great nuggets that you gave us today. So I really appreciate you being so giving of your time. And if people want to find you on Instagram or contact you in any kind of way, what's the best way to learn more about you and fashion talks?
1: So, um, the best way is Instagram. That's the fastest I'll reply. If you email me, I'm probably going to Instagram you faster. So you want to find me, it's amen.ali. So A-I-M-O-N dot A-L-I. Um, and then for fashion talks, it's just the underscore fashion Talks and you can DM us if you'd like to email us. The emails are there. You can email us um, and you can find the websites there as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I did want to say this was absolutely amazing. I'm glad we finally connected and um, this was a really great conversation.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps, and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website, lifeconciergepodcast.com, to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.